This is Cindy, my good friend and mentor, graduated with honors from the University of Connecticut at Storrs, receiving a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree with a major in acting, directing, and playwriting. Cindy is a multi-year recipient of Long Island's Best Psychic. She is the author of multiple books which focus on life, love, and relationships. Cindy has been seen on television and is the regular host of her own radio show on Blog Talk Radio. This is Dr. Gary. He has been in the education field for over 20 years and earned his doctorate from St. John's University. He has spent most of his life motivating students of all ages and achieved mastery as an amazing instructional leader. Dr. Gary has been a personal trainer, teacher, professor, coach, DJ, and a professional wrestler, but he's also a psychic. So, wow, this is exciting. This is our first episode of Soul Matters Podcast with Cindy and Dr. Gary. Uh, It's taken us a long time to get here. Uh, Some computer glitches, some working on things, trying to get things rolling, but I'm excited that we're getting to start this today. I think what a lot of people are going to want to know is exactly why we're starting this podcast as well as who we are, what we are, what have we done, what are we doing, and what we plan on on bringing with this podcast to our listeners. So uh, at first, Cindy, uh, if you want to maybe start with kind of giving the audience a little bit of an introduction as to who you are and and really what, what it is that you that you do. Okay, I'm a psychic and I'm a medium. They are they are different. Um, every medium is a psychic, but not every psychic is a medium. Mediums talk to the people that have crossed over. They talk to spirit guides. Um, a lot of psychics aren't able to do that, so it's a little bit different. So I am both a psychic and a medium. I'm also a relationship coach, and I do depend on those who have crossed over to help me uh, as I'm talking to my my clients, they help a lot. They're like flies on the wall. So that's basically what I I do. Okay. Cindy, how long have you been doing what you're doing? 25 years, um, full time though, only 10 years. Okay. So the interesting relationship between Cindy and I, and I think that this is what uh, also we want to kind of get out there too, is that uh, I know Cindy from a reading that I had many years ago and our relationship started from there and kind of built to this uh, unique friendship and where we are really right now. Uh, I was just really uh, very fascinated with the the psychic world. Um, I was very interested in uh, speaking with Cindy as I had recommendations from friends and family. Uh, and once Cindy and I actually sat down and had a session, it seemed to have opened up Pandora's box for me. Uh, so... Not only uh, am I a teacher on Long Island, uh, I've done many, many things in my life, but the one thing that I I am, and I'm not afraid to say it, is that I'm also psychic, uh, and I'm also a medium, and it is something that has really come to fruition from the relationship that Cindy and I have have developed, and it's very unique uh, in that I've uh, I'm still I'm still working at it, and I think. Um, Cindy, how long do you feel it took before you got comfortable in understanding really what this was all about? I would say I'm not comfortable yet, but okay. <laughs> but in terms of, um, you know, in the beginning, you're not sure if what you're hearing, is it correct? I, I ended up getting a lot of validation from my clients. So 
because they were saying it was so accurate. Then I'm like, well, there's got to be something here. And I started to believe in it more. And But I would say I doubt it almost every day of my life still, even though people will say, you're so accurate, you're so great, you know, we, you know, we love your readings. With me, I'm still a little bit like wondering, do I have it? Is it really there? So I think it's not an exact science. It's not something that, you know, say you learn how to play tennis. Now you really, you know, you know how to play tennis. It's a little bit different because you're going to keep learning. And if you don't misuse the power, I I would give you any of our listeners and you the best advice is don't misuse this. Okay, as soon as you start misusing it, you start manipulating people, you start acting like you're hearing things you're not hearing because you want them to do something you want them to do, you will, they will cut it off so fast, it's not funny. So I don't think I've ever misused the power. I've never used it for anything but good. I, I've, you know, done what I'm supposed to do. Uh, but it takes a, it's like training for an Olympics. You know, I've done so many readings. I've done this for 25 years. I do a lot of readings each week. It keeps me at the top of my game. If you're only going to do one or two readings a week, you're not going to be at the top of your game. So, you know, it's the more I do it, the more I learn. Um, And I just think sometimes, you know, they're just going to challenge you to, to go further open Akashic records, which are people's soul records, things that you're going to be granted as you, as you get better at it. But it's not something that I'm ever going to say I'm totally comfortable with because most of my life, I didn't do this 40 years. I was on this planet, not doing this. So, you know, you know, maybe, you know, 27 years or so I've been doing it more, but I've never been fully, fully comfortable with the whole thing. And remember, I'm a lot older than you. And, you know, when I first started doing this, People, I didn't tell people what I did for a living. Their their comments weren't pleasant. So, right. so I mean, now I'm more comfortable. But again, if you were just to meet me at a party, I would not tell you what I do for a living. I'd kind of skirt around it. Maybe say relationship coach. I wouldn't really bring it up unless someone else brings it up because I don't know how they're going to respond. Sometimes they think you're all crooks or you're shady or or even they just want you to read them then. And I don't read when I'm not working. It is off, not totally off, but yeah, I have my own psychic ability the way anybody would have it, my own intuition, but it's off when my tarot cards aren't in front of me. I'm not reading people at all. I couldn't even do it if I wanted to. It's off. Yeah, that's interesting. And and uh, I know that you and I had a um, a discussion years ago uh, when we started writing a pilot for a, uh, a TV show in relationship uh, to the topic that we're talking about now. And one of the things that I did as part of our research was to start interviewing other psychics to find, you know, their path to enlightenment, their path to to being intuitive. And a lot of the times, and I think this is what kind of brings us to what you had spoke to, you know, do when do we know if these people are really psychic, really have an ability, really out there to help people as opposed to, like you had mentioned, being crooks or um, abusing their power, manipulating people? And it's, it's interesting because part of what I've done in trying to speak to people, even if, I've, if I had to throw out a number, if I've made five appointments with psychics all over Long Island, one actually showed up. And when I introduced myself to these other people to try to find out, in fact, um, you know, tell me your path to enlightenment or to your into ability to be intuitive. 
I was getting met with much resistance and they really did not want to uh, delve into either that part of their abilities or at least just delve into it period. Because I think that there is a lot of skepticism. There's a lot of people that, uh, you know, don't believe in it. They think like, you, you know, that you're the devil or that you're evil or that there's something that you're trying to gain from manipulating people. Um, and, and, you know, I, I can tell you firsthand, just like you had said, uh, I walked this earth for gosh, uh, I would say probably 30 years before I ever had this ability. And I, I think a lot of people are like, well, it's either you're psychic or you're not psychic. Like, what do you mean? You're, you're not comfortable. Well, I think a lot of it is, is like you mentioned, like not really trusting yourself and kind of questioning yourself because you really don't know sometimes what you're getting. Like you said, it's not a science. Like there's no handbook on, you know, psychic one one. like there really isn't. Uh, so you do get that validation from the people that you speak to and your clients and the people that you're trying to guide and do the right thing by and, and leading with love um, and trying to, you know, really understand what it is that you can do uh, as opposed to trying to nail down a science. So I think that's very important for uh, even people that are listening to this to understand that it's we're still not. Uh, able to wrap our heads around it because it seems so far out there. Uh, but in fact, we are helping people and we're, we are able to help people. And that's really what we're trying to do. We want to be able to um, calm people's souls. We want to be able to um, reach out to people who are struggling or don't have direction or need guidance. And I think that once we uh, change the narrative with, with certain uh, aspects of this, I think that maybe we'll have uh, a little bit more uh, people understanding what it is that we're trying to do. Exactly. And it's, you know, if anyone who's struggling with this, just, you know, keep a little journal, write down the messages you get, you know, the signs that you get and see, you know, if you get validation for it. And, um, you know, I find that what was channeled to me when I first started doing this is it's a dialogue between you, you know, the client, spirit guides, dead people, and me. It's not a monologue. I don't do monologue readings. I know a lot of people want monologue psychics who just, you know, spew what comes out. That's not my technique. That's not how I do it. And, and some people think, well, then you're not really psychic because you're asking me questions. I'm like, I like to be 100% accurate. I don't want to be 90% accurate. I want to make sure if, if I'm going to say somebody's doing something or their husband's cheating, I want to make sure that I'm hearing it correctly above. I get enough, I get some validation from the person as well. And then I can pretty much, you know, figure out the situation, but I'm never going to do monologue readings. And, and I've learned, you know, from a lot of my clients, they'll go to a psychics and sometimes the person will be so accurate and other times they're so off. And I go, well, were they doing a monologue? And they'll go, yeah, I go, well, the monologue technique sometimes works, but oftentimes if you're off on a wrong tangent, you're not going to get back on a right tangent without some validation. So I'm always telling clients, if you're not happy with the way I read, then you need another psychic because I can't read any other way than what's been trained to me. And it was always that in the 21st century, it will be a dialogue between spirit guides, your client and you, it will not be a monologue. And that's the way I've been trained. So, you know, sometimes people will say, well, then you're not really psychic. And I'm like, hmm. Well, I have a different psychic technique than someone else. So if you want someone who's just going to do that, get a psychic who that's the way they, they read because that's the way they do it. So don't think you're not psychic because you're questioning or asking something of a person. 
because if you because then no one feels psychic. <laughs> right. And now you said that um, you know, the the way you've been trained. So was there somebody that trained you or are you speaking with like um the the spirit guides that have helped you develop what you are doing? Exactly. I have never been trained by by a human being. Okay, I've read books about it, hundreds of books, so I can't say that a human's input hasn't been put in there, but I've really been trained from spirit. And, you know, and that's just the way it was. And I was also told not to go, not seek training from anyone else. We will train you the way we want you trained. And so it's, that's how it's worked for me. And again, because we don't, you know, you, you have a doctorate, you're educated, I'm college educated, I have a diploma. I mean, you know, it's like, I don't have a diploma in this. Okay. I don't have something that, you know, validation that, okay, I'm really this because I, I studied that. So, so it's, that's what makes older souls and I'm an old soul, you're an old soul. Sometimes feel like, am I really doing what I'm, I'm trained to do? Because we don't have a formal training in this. And so, um, you know, I don't, you know, maybe, you know, you're a lot younger than me. Maybe you'll start a school. Maybe people will train more on this, but you know, the way that I was trained was just my own, my own spirit guides always. Sure. And I think a lot of what you said between the, the monologue reading and the dialogue reading, I, I would tend to agree that we, we have to, um, especially in my, in, in my case personally, like when, if I'm reading somebody, I need that feedback. I need that validation because that conversation really turns into energy for me. And the more validation that I get, the the more conversation that I have, I, I feel like I become more clear in an effort to guide them the way that I need to guide them and also be able to interpret the messages. Because a lot of the time when I first started doing this, kind of like you had said, like, I don't really know what they're trying to tell me. Like I have to sift through these sometimes symbols, pictures, colors, sometimes sounds uh, that I don't really know what they're trying to say. So as these conversations start to happen, it makes it a lot easier for me to interpret what I'm trying to get. Uh, a lot of the time uh, in the course of a reading, um, whoever my spirit guide is for that reading will pretty much try to give me a situation that I've been in to help compare to what I'm trying to relate to the person that I'm speaking to. So exactly. it helps it helps get the point across a little more clear. Exactly. And someone did a reading for me not too long ago. I don't get readings. Okay. Sometimes people will want to barter a reading. And, and so I'll get, you know, I'll let them do a reading. And the person did a monologue reading. And I would say it was 90% wrong. Interesting. And, and I didn't say, tell the person that, but it was 90% wrong. And I thought, mm, if you'd only asked me one or two questions in the beginning of this reading, you would have been on target. But once you start going off in, wrong, you're off. There's no, you know. So I found that, you know, I, I'll just tell clients when that's not how I do readings. And they'll go, well, that's how I want you to do it. And I'm like, mm, I, I can't read you that way. I, I've, I can do it and I've done it. And I would say the reading is 70% as good as it could have been. And I'm not happy with a 70% good reading. They have been happy, those clients. They have thought I did a great reading with the monologue. But I left saying it was 70% what it should have been. And right. so, I mean, they I mean, didn't complain. They thought it was great. But I left that reading thinking, well, there was so much more I could have told you. I only told you what you already knew. You know, you're married. You don't have how many kids. I told you what you knew. 
but you didn't let me tell you things that you don't know about what you think you know, and that's my job. And so now at this stage in my life, I finally this year in 2020 said, I'm going to give people back their money or tell them, you know, don't read with me because it makes me nervous to do that. It makes me scared of my job. It makes me feel like I'm not going to do a good job. And it gives me stage fright. And it, and I'm too old to have stage fright at this point. I know what I'm doing. And if you want to cooperate with me, fine. If not, there's a lot of other psychics. Go to them. Give right. me a break at this stage in my life. I'm too old. I'm too old to play. I'm faking it or I'm not really a psychic. And, you know, so I just think in the life in general, you know, and I have my own business. I, I can tell people I don't want to read you. And I've never done that, but it was really channeled to me recently from the voice of Jesus saying to me, Cindy, if this is making you so nervous, then just tell them you can't read them. Right. And this and doesn't make you a bad person, doesn't make them a bad person. I'm just not the right reader for them. Like there's not some doctors are not the right doctor for me. Some psychiatrists are not gonna be the right psychiatrist for people. Sure. But you can't tell someone how to do their job. If a doctor uses a, a knife, don't tell them to use a laser. You know, it's right. So, and I think that that also, you know, and it unfortunately too, I think sometimes it the the juxtaposition of that argument is almost as though um, that's where the skepticism comes in because then people are saying, well, you won't read me the way that I want to be read, so then you really can't read me. Uh, but it really is. It, it comes to a point where it really is. I don't want to say a pride thing, but it's that you want to do your job the best Correctly. to your ability. And if you can't do it the way that you have to do it, because somebody is trying to, to dictate the pace of a reading, then like you said, you're at that point where, you know, you're able to tell them like, listen, you know, thanks, but no thanks. Like, here's your money back. Like if I can't read the way that I need to read, then I'm not going to uh, pursue this reading because again, just like you said, if you're manipulating a situation, if you're um, in a position where you don't want to do something, but you're doing it just because you want to appease them, that is as fast as you receive those that gift and those powers, as fast as they'll be taken away. And uh, and I, as like a, a developing psychic, uh, I, I I am also I have that fear factor. Like I never want something like this to be taken away if it was given to me, because clearly it was given to me for a reason. Uh, and I do have an affinity, uh, to help people. Um, I love, uh, being around people. I'm an extrovert by nature. Um, I'm very caring and, and I do feel that some people who are so, uh, lost in certain situations, uh, just need a little bit of guidance. So I never want that to be a situation where, um, I'm playing into, like you said, like a, a fear factor, or I can't do something because um, it's not the way they want me to do it. So I think that um, as long as people are open to the process, then I think that they'll be very happy as, as to the result. That's exactly. And and if you're going to test me, like every day I go to work, it's an audition, your ego gets in the way. And once my ego gets in the way, I'm not going to be a good reader. <laughs> I mean, it's just, yeah. I have to get my ego out of the equation. And and when you allow me to do the reading the way I do, I very quickly get into a psychic zone and, you know, I'm in that level. But if you're challenging me too much, I don't get in the zone. It's because my ego's there and I really need to like get myself out of the picture, get in that zone. And so I, I think in the last two years, I've done a lot to understand my process of reading and how I do it. And 
not thinking I'm an imposter, you know, because older old souls have an imposter syndrome. They never really think they're good at what they do or they don't know enough. And so I'm finally at, at this point, understand my way of reading and that's how I'm going to read, you know, and it's made me much more comfortable about it. And, you know, I, I had recently someone wanting me to do a monologue reading uh, and that was the last one I decided I would do. She loved the reading. She thought it was great, but I got off the phone saying, no, it wasn't a great reading. And I wasn't happy with it. She loved it. She wanted to recommend all her friends, which I hope she doesn't do. You know? Right, right. <laughs> but, you know, but I knew that she didn't get out of the reading what I could, what she should have gotten out of the reading. Interesting. You know, it's, uh, it's very funny. Like the, but the story that I briefly touched on in the beginning of this was how, you know, I became um, intuitive. And, and I think from a young child, I think I always, uh, I always had it. I do know that my mom was given that ability, but she rejected it. Um, I do know that my grandmother uh, on my mother's side also had it and still has it, but has taken a different path in order to get there. Uh, but it was very interesting. I had come to Cindy on a recommendation from uh, a few of my cousins. And once I sat down with Cindy, she started to read me. And most of the reading was in regards to my wife. Uh, and it was, it was centered around her. And I remember when I had come back from the reading, I had spoke to my wife about what Cindy had said and that it was mostly about her. And I was giving her all the information. Uh, she just broke down in tears and started to cry because the things that I was saying to her, she had never, ever told anybody. Um, and it was kind of an, an awakening for not only her, but for me too. And then within days, I started to basically get these very vivid visits from people that had passed. Um, my wife's brother, who I never met, never knew, was speaking to me. Um, my dad, who had passed away, uh, I would say probably within that year, um, was coming to me. I mean, like so vividly. And I had remember I picked up the phone and I called Cindy and I said, Cindy, it's Gary. I just got a reading from you. I don't know what happened, but man, did you open Pandora's box? And I remember you picked up the phone uh, and you were like, Gary, from the moment I met you, I, I realized how psychic you were. And we just kind of like went from there. And a lot of it was you mentoring me and uh, me sending you emails. Like I, you know, you would tell me to practice. So I would practice on people and, uh, and of course not violating free will, which I'm sure we'll talk more about. Um, but always asking them, would you mind, like, this has been my, my journey so far. Would you mind if I um, spoke to you a little bit, uh, getting that permission and then, you know, hearing that I was, I was accurate and that I would report back to Cindy and kind of say like, listen, like, this is what I did. This is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm seeing. And you would tell me like, yes, you're describing the psychic experience. So all of those things, uh, you know, was a work in progress for me. And I still, I still come to Cindy, obviously, you know, often to, to speak to her in regards to, um, you know, what I'm doing and how I'm progressing. And, you know, it's, listen, it's, it's a, it's taboo in, in certain societies and certain families and in certain, uh, structures of society. Like it's just it's not something that people are willing to accept. And especially me being a, a teacher on Long Island, uh, I almost felt like I, I couldn't really be who I am and speak about what I can do because it's, there is a, um, you know, rumor and innuendo, uh, attachment to these types of things. And it's, um, 
it's kind of been like, it's been an exciting fun, but it's also been kind of a, a scary process because, you know, this is kind of like a little bit of a coming out party for me, so to speak, uh, in talking with Cindy about these types of, uh, of experiences. So um, I'm kind of looking forward to, to kind of exploring this together. And I'm going to tell you something, Gary, like what you described happens to like 30% of my clients after a reading, the vortex gets open. My job is to have you communicate to the dead. And people say, well, then you'll be out of business. No, I won't. There's millions of people. You learned how to talk to your dead. That's fine. There's still other people I'm going to be reading, but my clients will report that. And I will, you know, I, I have a um, radio show, Blog Talk Radio with Nicole, my co-host, and she's been doing it now t- almost 12 years. And she was such a, like, she loved Grant May Hire, loved the book, but she wasn't believing in soulmates. She wasn't uh, any of this stuff. And of course, now she's married with a soulmate. And over the years, you know, she's become much more psychic. She's embraced grant me a higher love philosophy probably more than I do. So I am, I will tell you is a journey we do this in over a decade. You will begin to just with these weekly sessions or however we're going to be doing these, you're going to open it up and it's going to be there. And it just is a, it's kind of transmitted just as enlightenment is transmitted from one enlightened person to another. Some of this is just transmitted from person to person. Sure. And it's believing in it. It's opening up. And again, um, you know, a, a lot of, you know, psychics believe they're always right all the time. And, you know, they're like, God, we're not God. Even God doesn't know what hap- it's going to happen. There's free will, you know, like, sure. there. And I always explain to people, this is what, pr- this is a probability what will happen. But if this person does that, then this is the probability there's, you know, there's different probabilities of things. And so it's really um, almost like a computer the way it is, you know, you can figure it out and, you know, this is the way it should end up happening. And most of the time it does, but there's always those elements of free will that throw things off. So it's really fun um, to do this. It's a fun thing. It's exciting. I learn every single day, something new about it. And that's what I want you to feel like. And you were a good student. You were good. You know, you would check back with me. You would say, is this right? Is this correct? And I love it because I loved answering you. I th- found it fascinating to watch you grow as um, from a young man to a uh, wonderful man. Uh, and you were quite young when I first read you, really. And, you know, to open up the vortex, but you were old enough to be grounded first to the earth plane. And that's the one thing I, I think will stress in this show is, some people are just not grounded enough to go there yet. Young people that get very psychic way too young in their teen years often end in mental hospitals because they're not grounded first. Everything is not a sign. Everything's not a message from the other side. Sometimes a cigar is a cigar, you know, and you have to be, right. <laughs> and everything, is, sometimes a bird is just a bird. It's not a sign. How do you know? Well, you get inner knowing. So I'm not one of those people that run around, everything's a sign all day, you know what I mean? Because yeah. It's just nuts after a while. So it's being grounded first to the earth plane. That's really important. We're going to freeze to death without warmth and and starve without food. So first and foremost, we're animals. We have to be grounded to the earth plane and then we can soar. So I think that's what people like most about my readings is that I'm very grounded. And I'll often look, I look for the earth plane reason first for something before any supernatural, you know, like, okay, can we explain this? on an earthly basis first. Sure. So, And I think that provides 
that provides, uh, you know, a little more validity as well as um, a little bit more re like reasoning to the process. Because I think sometimes, like I had, you know, mentioned, like, you know, that there's, there's people that are obviously very skeptical of this whole process, but if you can provide some fundamental grounded theory that actually can work hand in hand with what you're trying to deliver, I think it almost, it gives us that much more uh, validity in, in the process. So I think that that's, that's super important. And, and I think what people uh, need to understand too, um, in order for you to either uh, be successful or, um, release that anxiety, release that worry. You do need to be grounded. It helps to be grounded, but there's also, uh, and things that have taken me many, many years to really break through is you have to start seeing truth, uh, and see the world for sometimes what it is. And I know in, in, in a lot of cases, and I could speak for myself, like I, it's very difficult to sometimes see what is actually right in front of you. And what sometimes is in front of you is not good stuff. Uh, it's evil stuff. Uh, and I think that once um, people kind of start to are able to digest that, uh, that's when you start to become a little bit more grounded. And, and that, that's that's been a journey for me, for sure, I could say, because I was not like that. Uh, my wife, not, not so much. My wife was very good at that. Um, she can kind of sift through the BS and get right to the <laughs> yes, core. She can. Um, I, I am not like, and, and it would cause arguments because I'm like, Oh, you see the glass half empty, you know? And I would always think that she was a skeptic, but she was just a realist. And she had that, that very important ability to go sift through it and get right to the core. Uh, and you know, I I'm learning from her on those types of strategies, but it's, it's very, it's very interesting. Once you start to develop that ability and you see things for what they actually are, it, it's a, it's a different, it's a different space. It's a different living experience. And I'm not saying good, bad, or indifferent, um, but it's just different. Uh, and I think that that's when, um, that's when things start to really happen for people. Oh yeah. And, and that's, you know, the truth of the matter is, you know, be a little skeptical because my clients, by the way, are extremely intelligent. They are skeptical and they're intrigued. Okay. They, and I don't think anyone should ever lose their skepticism of anything. You have to read everything I read. I read with a skeptical eye. I read who has to benefit from this. You know, why is this? I read everything and, and everything with a skeptical eye, but just surrendering to the, the belief that there is something greater than what we see with our own eyes is important. I tell it, but just surrender a little bit to that that there is something greater, but don't, that doesn't mean you're not skeptical. I'm a very skeptical person, by the way. Sure. Yeah, like you don't want to watch a movie with me because I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh no, that, that couldn't happen. Oh no. You know? And, but I don't mind people being skeptical that I don't mind. That's not what bothers me. If you, that's different from telling me how to do a reading, you, know, you can be right. skeptical. That's fine with me. Right. And, and we all need that. And we have to, I will tell you the one thing about my clients and you're one of my clients and your wife is when people hear truth, they know it's truth. Right. Okay. They may not like what it sounds like. It may contradict everything they've ever believed, but when you hear truth, it goes right into your core. And that's what, that's what I find with my readings is that people come out with truth. 
Okay. They know I'm telling them some kind of truth. I don't know necessarily even who it came from. Sometimes it's not a source. They're not telling me who it is. They're not revealing themselves to be your father or your friend, but it is absolute truth. And, and you know, when you do a reading, when it's truthful yourself. And that's why I say when I do the circus act, which, you know, the monologue, they think it's great. Right. You know, they think it's great. I just know that I didn't tell them any great truth. And that's what bothers me because I feel like my job is to deliver big truths to people. And that's when I feel I've done a good reading. Right. And, and then I think that that's, that's, you know, admirable because I think that that essentially is what keeps you, you know, on your game, um, keeps me on my game, keeps anybody that's practicing, a practicing psychic on their game. And it also, and I, I do believe that there is, there's not enough truth. Um, and, and that's, that's, I'm sure a whole nother, um, episode in itself, but, um, people just don't, uh, don't want to see the truth, even when it's right in front of them. And I think that that whole idea of like that cognitive dissonance where if, you know, you are presented with something that goes against what you believe is the truth, you immediately block it out. And I think that that's when you start to become like we had talked about a little bit more grounded. I think that's when you start to be able to sift through the BS as, uh, you know, as mentioned and kind of get to the core and, and hope that they end up like your clients where, um, they get the truth that hits home and it is, um, it's a belief. It's a belief system that they, that they can understand that. So I think that that's, that's a huge, huge thing and accomplishment during the reading for sure. Okay. Awesome. Uh, this was really uh, an amazing opportunity and, and experience sitting down and, uh, and having our first episode of soul matters podcast. We have so many things that we want to discuss and we are very much looking forward to continuing with new episodes and sitting down and discussing all things psychic, uh, relationships, mediumship, uh, leadership, everything that we have the opportunity to speak about. We are looking forward to speaking about. Uh, Cindy, thank you so much. I appreciate the time, the energy, uh, as well as the guidance as we kind of meander through this topic and looking forward to more opportunities. Well, thank you, Gary. I really had a great time doing our podcast. I look forward to many more and to having all kinds of guests who can help us all understand that soul matters. It's amazing. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Now. We want to hear from you, our listeners. If you have a topic or a question or would like to be a guest on Soul Matters Podcast with Cindy and Dr. Gary, please email us at soulmatterspodcast at gmail.com.